The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rocker. I will not wear the mask. I will not wear the mask. I will not wear the mask. I will not wear a mask. I will not get the vaccine. I will not get the vaccine. And I will not get the vaccine. I will resist evil. I will resist evil. I will resist evil. I will submit to God. I will submit to God. I will submit to God. In the Lord, I will praise his word. In God, I have put my trust, and I will not be afraid. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come to you. Do not hide your face from me in the day. For the Lord is the great God, and the great King above all. Rise up, O judge of the earth. Render punishment to the proud. Lord, how long will the wicked, how long will the wicked chime? Righteousness and justice are the foundation of this I hate the work of those who fall away. With my mouth, I will make known your faithfulness to all generations. For I have said... Mercy shall be built up forever. Your faithfulness you shall stand. On an instrument of ten strings, on the lute and on the harp, with harmonious sound. For you, O Lord, have made me glad through your works. I will you, triumph Lord, in the works of your name. are on high forevermore. For behold, your enemies shall perish. All the workers of iniquity shall be scattered. I will defy tyrants. 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 And with that, good morning, America. Welcome Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTV, WXYZ people. All the boat rockers are in the house. And anybody else I may have missed to the Sons of Liberty Radio Show here on Red State Talk Radio. We use the Bible and the Constitution not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S. occupied state of South Carolina. The editor at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, and for our Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warned you about. I hold to the book, the Bible, as the authoritative word of God. Glad that you guys have joined us this morning. If you'd like to check us out online, please do so, SonsOfLibertyRadio.com, and also SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. In fact, if you're listening by way of Red State Talk Radio and you want to watch the video portion of the radio show, that's right, you can see the face that's made for radio, head over to SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, and there at the top of the page you'll see two videos on the left side. As Bradley's show from yesterday, you can see that up until 3 o'clock, at which time he'll go live. And it's Saturday, so you got him for two hours today. So if you want to catch that, 3 o'clock, tune in, com. click on that, and uh, you'll be there. On the right side is where we're streaming live. All you got to do is hit play, blow it up on whatever device you've got, and then uh, click on the rumble icon in the bottom right. <clears throat> Excuse me. Click on the uh, rumble icon in the bottom right, and you can join us in the chat on rumble. We're also streaming on BeforeIt'sNews.com, Rumble at Sons of Liberty Radio Live, 
dlive.tv at the Sons of Liberty, uh, Twitch at Setting Brush Fires, and also if you've got a Roku device, we're on Cutting Edge TV over there, and we appreciate those guys carrying us as well. Uh, right up under where we're streaming live is where you can sign up for a newsletter. Please do that. Uh, help us because, boy, I tell you, our site is just – and we are – look, we have had some talk about just removing the ads. Um, we had the ads up to kind of compensate for the cost of what it is, and it is – it is quite costly even to run the website. Uh, so, you know, we appreciate those who support us in that. But, uh, um, you know, if you guys get those emails and you can share some of the articles, that's wonderful. It really helps us out a lot. So sign up for that. You get one one of those a day. And then if you want the weekly one, which goes out today uh, or later today, go to sonsoflibertyradio.com. Sign up for that one. You get ahead of everybody with what's going on in the ministry. Uh, it's not like the the media site. It's what's going on in the ministry, Bradley's article for the week, and then whatever the special is we're running, which, by the way, uh, our store is available, and this week we are highlighting the For the Children book, uh, especially in light of all these infanticide bills that are being pushed out. Uh, this thing needs to be in the hands, and not just in the hands. They need to read it. They need to see it because it's, it's you know, if the ear, if people are stuffing their ears and not listening, you got to show it to their eyes. This is what this does. Um, these are normally ten dollars. It's dealing with the issue of abortion. Stephanie uh, wrote this. It's normally ten dollars, and uh, through t- midnight tonight, you can pick it up for fifty percent off with the promo code Life L I F E. Gets you fifty um, percent off. So you got five bucks a copy that you want to get, and you can get as many as you want for that. Uh, that's in our store, and you'll be able to check it out. Um, yeah, a little later. If you want to help support us, sonsoflibertymedia.com, top of the page, you can either make a one-time donation or you can partner with us monthly as a son or daughter daughter of liberty. And look, you guys are how we continue to exist. So just letting you know that. I Neither Bradley nor I like making mention of money at all. We don't like making it a part. But we do let you know because some people do ask, hey, how can we help and this, that, and the other. By the way, I think Rumble has that little money sack down there where you do the things. If you want to donate that way, you can do that too. That's in there. It's kind of like a super chat thing. Just just letting you know uh, that those things are available. Let me hit a couple of topics here. And then I want to uh, play just a short portion of a video before we bring Kate and Simone on. Um these are some of the uh, headlines we've got. Whistleblower who fled to Switzerland about to release 450 gigabytes of deleted Hunter Biden laptop data. And you remember, what was the guy's name, Matt Gates or whatever, is asking uh, the FBI cyber dude, you know, where is this, where's this laptop? And the guy goes, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. He's head, he's the assistant or deputy director or something or whatever, cyber crimes in the FBI, and he doesn't know where this laptop is. It's just incredible. It really is. Um, but course matt says he's got the data that was off of it on a hard drive that he wanted to turn over and then they didn't want him to even turn it over for the congressional record what is that telling you all right um fact checkers silent as eight-year-old image goes viral claiming it's a russian mobile crematorium in manipul i mean the 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 fake the fake orchestrated choreographed uh mockingbird media news that you're seeing out of ukraine is absolutely incredible it really is uh, Disney's business model is turning kids into dysfunctional adults. So it is. And their, t- their stocks are now tanking. Their heiress, you know, of Walt Disney uh, has come out and just attacked people she calls on the right. Let- let's get that clear. It's not, the, it's not the right or the left. It's really not. It's the lawful and the lawless. It's you're either one or the other. This is what right of what? Left of what? See, this is like the pro-choice 
you know, argument. The pro-choice argument. They say, well, we're on pro-choice. Pro-choice to do what? Murder your baby? Let's finish the thing. Right or left of what? The law. That's, that's the issue. We need to stop using those terms of right and left to identify ourselves or others. We need to say you're either on the side of the law or you're on the side of the lawless. It's one or the other. Okay, pretty simple. Uh, insurance CEO warns of excess mortality of invades in the age of the quote-unquote vaccine. Also, cops raid innocent man, execute him as he slept on the sofa, and they get off scot-free. See, even good cops that are out there know this is wrong. And where's the hue and cry from the police departments to say, wait a minute, you guys need to deal with these guys. Why is there silence? I, I want to ask that among among those who you know, claim that they're constitutional police or whatever the case may be. They're upholding the law. Where's the hue and cry from from your group against this stuff right here? This is a great injustice that's going on um, <clears throat> there in Minneapolis and also in Minnesota. Check this out. Minnesota bans poultry sales citing avian flu. <laughs> it's just like oh, they are doing everything they can to attack us. They really are. They really are. And then the final one is this. Members of Congress are now using words like famine and starvation to describe what's coming. But you can bet your bottom dollar they're taken care of. They're going to be taken care of on your dime. Okay? Um, now, let me, let me hit this real quick. Yesterday, we had uh, Johnny Cerucci on. And i got to tell you, it was lively in the chat. There was life in the chat. I saw the comments. There was a ton of comments in there. We appreciate you guys doing that uh, and tuning in. And it was very informative. And we're going to have Johnny back, Lord willing, uh, a week from Monday. Now, next week, considering this starvation and the poultry and all this other, next week is going to be a prepping week on the morning show. Okay? Every day except Wednesday and Saturday. Uh, <clears throat> our friend David Pruitt from themiraclesab.com will be joining us. We're going to tackle all kinds of topics to help God's people be prepared for things that are that we can see coming our way. And so I want you guys to tune in, you know, take your notes, download the video, share it, whatever you want to do. Um, but it'll be great for you guys in what we're going to look at. But yesterday's show, The Vatican, Seed of Antichrist and Abomination of the Earth, we talked about how the Roman Church not only has a false gospel, it's apostate, uh, but how corrupt it is, how it's got its fingers in, in every pie on the earth as far as governments and, uh, and armies and secret service and all this other stuff. And Johnny and I actually had a conversation last night, two, about a two-hour conversation last night. But I thought it was very ironic because Dr. Brian Artis dropped this bombshell this week. I want you to hear what he has to say. Just a, It's a, like a 22-minute thing. I'll have the video up in the archive but uh, I want you to hear what Dr. Artis has to say here in the first few seconds of his bombshell. Listen to this. That's to tell you. Uh, but I am concerned that no one is acknowledging who the real threat is. I actually think, uh, and it's, it's not to, like I'm just making this up. I'm just going to tell you. As much, rab, much, much research as I do, as much looking into individuals and what they're saying, watch what they're saying, and then see who else is also saying the same thing. I actually think the Roman Catholic Church and the Pope Pope Francis is over this entire thing. And I think he's manipulating, controlling the entire narrative. I think he's got Anthony Fauci in his pocket. I think he's got Joe Biden, Donald Trump, uh, Francis Collins. I think all of them are being controlled by a division of the Roman Catholic Church called the Order of the Jesuits, whose sole mission for the last 
200 years I'm aware of since 1857, they have been plotting to destroy the Constitution of the United States as the one last stronghold of a country that preserves and protects religious freedoms. And I think they want to, I think they've been plotting this whole time in many ways, either through wars, now through famine, now through uh, pandemics of a virus. I think it has been a, a complete attempt of them to destroy the Constitution of the United States from within, to destroy the borders, to reduce, which is what they've said. We also have to reduce militaries of all countries, demolish all borders of countries so we can create a one world religion with the Pope as the one world leader. Uh, and if you are not listening to what Joe Biden said, what Anthony Fauci is saying, what Walensky at the CDC is saying, what Donald Trump is saying, they're all saying the same thing. Yep. That's right. That's that's exactly right what they're doing. So I thought I'd put that there. There's 22 minutes of Dr. Artis uh, sharing some of this. We'll see if we can get him on the show. I don't know. Uh, but we'll have to put him way out right now uh, for what we have planned. But I I was kind of blown away when they said, oh, he's going to drop another bombshell. And this is what he dropped you know, the day that we were having the show on this issue. So I think, uh, you know, in God's providence, those things are, are working themselves out. With that said, it's Saturday. And you know what? We, we talked, uh, uh, Kate and I had a little bit back and forth yesterday. And <clears throat> I said, you know, President Putin is supposed to be, you know, have some sort of cancer. And so I said, why don't we do a show and we'll just, we'll, we'll label it this. President Putin should listen to this about treating cancer rather than the Rockefellers. And who would know better than our own Kate Shimrani, our nurse and nutritionist. And uh, she's brought along the silver bullet, Simone Plout. Good morning, ladies. How are you? Good morning. Good morning. Um, I, I noticed that both myself and Simone dipped off camera because, look, I'm, I'm eating some soaked. I saw oatmeal. Simone pouring something in there, too. What, what, what were you pouring? Oh, you, you didn't have. That's not what you put in there. <laughs> She's got some peppers. Are those sweet peppers? Yep. Hello. Yep, they are. They are. I, I love the sweet you, peppers. When you, when you cook anything, these are nightshade foods. They increase your monocytes, and it's your monocytes that you need to for, uh, to break down tumor, to kill tumor. But also, um, when you cook these foods, it makes them sweeter, but you have to cook them on a low temperature, 170 only, so that you don't destroy the enzymes. So we were talking about that. Before we get going here, Tim, can I just mention something? Because we're all seeing the Please. fake media, fake media, fake media. I mean, that... Uh, Will Smith, I don't care if anyone's watching him going, oh, I like him, I like him. I remember watching an interview years ago, and they were all saying, isn't it lovely he's so in love with his wife? And he openly admitted to having an open marriage, meaning he can go off and have sex with any other woman. I remember that. Now, Yeah, yeah. And, you know, when uh, where I live, there was a, a website in the next village and the school, the village school that my children went to, a church school, there was a group of swingers and they had a website and everything else. And, um, but the point is all of those people who were in that group or subsequently ended up getting divorced, marrying others in the group. So I think it's fair to say that the majority of times when you speak to people that do do this open marriage, one of the people in that relationship is always not quite so happy and they go along with it. Um, but I, I find it, I can find it. I personally find it disgusting. It, it just is is not a marriage to do that. I agree. So when I saw him at these awards, you know, this let's all blow smoke up each other's rear ends. Who cares? Um, 
at the awards, sitting on the front row, getting ready. And it was touted that his later, you know, we saw his wife roll her eyes when this other comedian made this joke. And we saw him go over and do a fake slap. I mean, most guys I know don't slap each other in the face. Min son up the stage and give a slap. They tend to give a good old bloke punch. That's right. Anyway, he, he gave it the old bitch slap and left the stage and then starts, you know, shouting profanities. And then it was said, oh, you know, he was defending his wife because she has alopecia. And I looked at all the pictures of her with her beautifully shaved hair with not a single gap anywhere in this very short hairstyle. And I'm sure Simone will vouch here that um, when you get alopecia, it doesn't say, I'll just drop a hair out here and there. So you won't really notice it. You'll just look like your hair's got a bit thinner. You tend to get whole clumps falling out and it's an autoimmune disease. So she doesn't look to me like she's got alopecia. Now, that's my personal opinion. But what a surprise that Pfizer, those dirty, filthy gangsters, have got a drug coming for alopecia. And guess what's exponentially rose? alopecia in those that are injected with this bioweapon. Kate, I was seeing that, and I could almost play the commercial that says, what was it, the Oscars, Grammy? I mean, and I know a lot of us say, who cares about what Will Smith? But there was, there was a reason behind it, and whatever, Grammys, Os- no, it's not Grammys, it's Oscars, right? Is that what it was? I don't know the difference. Anyway, whatever okay. they had, they'll say, this is brought to you by who? Pfizer, they're setting the whole thing up, aren't they? They're using it as marketing towards the people to put it in their minds. You're going to need this because, well, our shot isn't really safe and effective. You're going to have this thing, so we got to sell you this other stuff after it. Isn't that Absolutely. what you're getting at? Absolutely. And then if you go back and you look, I know, I'm sure a lot of people already in your chat room know this. But you go back and you look at the granddaddy who, who called himself Doc. He wasn't a doctor at all. Uh, Rockefeller. He, uh, I think it was William Rockefeller, and uh, he called himself uh, Doc Bill, and he wasn't a doctor at all. He was a snake oil salesman who went out and touted himself as a doctor, even listed it, that he was a doctor treating cancer patients. And he was selling them just this petroleum poison, really. And he said if they didn't get better, they were too far gone, but it would help them anyway. Now, he then was absolutely brutal with his two sons because he wanted to teach them to be slick. So he taught them to be completely crooked. Now, one of those sons, J.D. Rockefeller Jr., uh, senior, sorry, then really did become that. He became the best, the best ever at business. And where do you see them in business? Everything. Railroad, uh, tin, electricity, pharmaceuticals, oil, absolutely everything. And they were treated, they're a cartel, and they are treated almost like royalty, heads of state when they visit America, visit these Rockefellers. But they, they don't kind of tout that themselves, they stay in the shadows. And if you look at IG Farben and at the Nuremberg trials, all of those in IG Farben, We're all connected. It was all connected to the Rockefeller. Now, the thing that they realize, I mean, it's all connected. It's all absolutely connected. And, you know, even right down to Eton School visited the uh, Hitler Youth Schools during the war because they were modeled on Eton. Oh, this is all connected. But what was interesting for me is that um, they own the pharmaceutical industry. It's the most successful 
And the reason they get away with it is because when people are sick, they get desperate. So they'll pay anything for these drugs. The reason they want them on prescription only is they get to control it even more. And the money goes to the pharmaceutical companies. But the doctors get kickbacks. They get incentives. If you prescribe £10,000 worth of our drugs in this month, uh, we'll give you money to build your new health centre. And you'll also get to go to a conference in Antigua for two weeks. You've only got to go for one day to the conference and you can take your family. These are the kind of filthy, dirty kickbacks that they do. So now they don't want you to have supplements I'm just letting the king in, uh, Floyd. The <laughs> I, I'm, I'm his doorman. Um, so now they have gone over the last decade, hell for leather after the supplements. And they're getting these supplements where they have to be prescribed as well because they do not want any competition. Remember, create the problem, come up with the solution. That's exactly what's being done now. So, They've created the problem with these injections, these bioweapons. Now you've got Moderna, who'd never made a vaccination ever, are coming up with the, the um, treatments for AIDS. That's going to be multi-treatment. It's not going to be a one-off. It's going to be multi-treatment. So And the blood this, thinners, by the way. The blood thinners yeah, are doing and, really and well. They're announcing now on the news in the UK, uh, blood clots are because of COVID-19. You know, I... I made the big fatal mistake the other night of going on Twitter. And I have another name for it, actually, but I can't say it on air. And I'm trying to read one of the Psalms to stop my mouth being bad. But I went onto Twitter and people are banned off Twitter for putting factual things in there. And it's become an echo chamber for the most vile rhetoric. Yep. I mean, what these people will write about one another in the comfort of their own home, like this, like, you know, armchair warriors. It's beyond vicious. Uh, there was hundreds and hundreds of um, tweets about me. And, and it was really funny because they, please go look at it, folks. It's hilarious. Get on there and defend me. Just put my name in the search. But it, someone's done like uh, that, Mohammed Shafiq, whatever. They've done like a, another picture of me with big inflated lips and big eyes and big eyelashes, which is, and loads of makeup. And it's not me at all, but people think it is. It's hilarious. But what they actually say about, you know, my personal appearance. And I also know that Dr. Jane Ruby has had some of this about, um, you know, having her chest out. Now, Jane Ruby is a two-time cancer survivor, just like myself. Jane Ruby had a mastectomy, just like myself. And she had a reconstruction just like myself, but they took flesh from her abdomen. Um, I At the time, I couldn't do that because I was like a racing snake. I was so skinny. I only just had enough skin to cover the implants. And I'm, I'm not joking. It's the thickness of my eyelid. But people see, see fit to speak so ill of one another. So these people need to be reminded of Psalm 39, control of the tongue. To the chief musician, even to Jaduthan, a psalm of David. I said I would take heed to my ways, that I will not sin with my tongue. I will keep my mouth with a bridle while the wicked is before me. They're wicked, totally wicked. And it's God's judgment on them that they're taking this devil's soup so they can go on holiday 
it's making them sick. It's destroying their health and it's destroying it very, very quickly. I'm seeing it with a few of my own patients covered in ringworm, having autoimmune inflammatory uh, conditions. Uh, and that's just this week, two patients. And and now, you know, they're taking their children because you can take your five-year-olds for this injection. And there was a tweet where a guy said, he, I, I believe he was an electrician. And he said, my workmate, took his five-year-old daughter yesterday to have her injection. He's not in work today because she's in intensive care. And they removed his tweet, banned him from Twitter. Hmm. Uh, Kate, let me, can I, can I finish one? Can I finish that out? Let let me, let me just finish up what you were, what you were talking about there in Psalm 39, because he tells us why that is. If I can do that right quick. Um, Mm -hmm. He says in verse two, he says, I was done with silence. I held my peace even from good. And my sorrow was stirred. Then he says this, my heart was hot within me when I was musing the fire burned, then spake I with my tongue, Lord, make me to know mine end and the measure of my days, what it is, that it may know how frail I am. And so I think that's a that's a good reflection on the use of the tongue is that, boy, there are sometimes that there are things I want to say uh, yeah. that are just right here. They're right there, you know, oh, me too. <laughs> and, and there are things that. Even they might even be just what I'm communicating, but they're they're things that are are not those things that are becoming the gospel. And so I think there's an issue of we have to remember, you know, we've been in those situations before. We have to remember that we are but dust and that we have been sinners who've been saved by the grace of God. And so as a result of that, we ought to be those who are conscious of of the things that we speak. Um, So, yeah, I just wanted to toss that in there. Yeah, so, so what we're seeing now, you know, do I believe that Putin's got cancer and that they'd parade uh, his oncologist along, alongside him? You know, anyone who's got an onk, uh, you know, really needs help because they're, they're the one people I don't want to be around ever. I sacked mine. Um, I've heard oncologists telling people with breast cancer when they're having their chemotherapy, oh, go and treat yourself to a glass of wine. I think I've already mentioned it on this show. I was with Katrina, my dog walking buddy. Um, while the, the doctor was having a, you know, Dr. Bob at your cervix was having a look. And as she got dressed, the nurse said to her, so she's having a checkup because they think she might have a recurrence of cancer because some of the tumor markers were raised. It, it was fine. But the nurse said to her, um, both of this nurse and this doctor could have been done with losing, you know, maybe a good 10 pounds each Cell of every fat cell secretes more estrogen. Estrogen is a gross promoter. You don't want to use high estrogen. It's hijacking the binding agent from the thyroid gland, stopping it working. That's going to increase your cancer. But this nurse said to her, go and treat yourself to a cake and a coffee in the coffee shop. Caffeine stimulates your adrenal yeah, glands. Yeah. What you don't want to have when you've got cancer, sugar, oh my word, switches your immunity off and fuels that cancer cell. So um, I don't know what's going on there with Putin, but certainly I I can speak of cancer because I've had it and I had it 10 years ago and I refused my personal choice. And remember, everything we're saying on here today is just information and entertainment. If you've got any symptoms, go speak to your doctor. If you're undertaking a dietary regime, go speak to your doctor. It's up to you. Speak to him and then make your own mind up. But, by um, the way, by the way, if you did you get to, to hear the show yesterday? Because one of the things that Johnny said was doctor, and he tied it to indoctrination. 
Yep, yep. And I, I thought that was interesting because that sounded just like what uh, Dr. Kaufman said when he was yep. first on the show talking about we couldn't ask questions. We were just cramming to you know, answer all the questions in, on, the, uh, on the test so we could move forward and things. So I thought that was very clever uh, or very and, and poignant what he said. They, they don't have PhDs. Their degree, their medical degree, it used to be no better than a diploma. Level six. Now it's a degree. Doctor is honorary title. A doctorate gives you the title of doctor. So these out there that have gone to med school, we used to hold our breaths when they came into A&E, their A&E rotation, and they were new. Um, But, you know, people, when we put our faith in gods, we become but children. Gods and I, sorry, when we put our trust in idols, we become but children. Idols are doctors. They're doctors. You're idolizing them. When we put our trust in God, therefore, in ourselves, God is within us. We become open to infinite awareness and possibility. So, you know, I didn't take any doctor's word for it when I was diagnosed. I went and did my own research and then I went in and I asked them the questions that I already knew the answer to. I wanted to know if they knew them. The oncologist couldn't answer a single question that I gave him, apart from when he said to me, I've heard coffee enemas are dangerous and they can kill you. I said, I've heard cancer's dangerous and oncologists can kill me. <laughs> and, and that was that. So, um, you know, what are they giving you? Must have guessed. Now, I'm not saying. When, when I've seen patients who they've got tumors, um, you know, maybe next to their aorta. And if you use a therapy that relies on inflammation, like the Gerson therapy, you're going to press on that aorta. So there might be a time where you can use diet and maybe insulin potentiated chemotherapy, a very mild form. You've also got to find out whether your tumor responds to chemo because a lot of them don't. And I think that was what happened with Farrah Fawcett Majors, the very beautiful and very talented artist. I don't mean an acting artist. She was an artist. She did sculptures. It was incredible. And she was best friends with Suzanne Summers. And Suzanne Summers had breast cancer and did mistletoe injections. Please go read her book. Can't remember what it's called, but she's incredible, Suzanne Summers. I used to be, you know, conversing with her on Facebook. I was fell off my chair when she used to answer my, my comments. But she grows all her own food. She's still alive. She's incredible. But her best friend was slaughtered with chemotherapy, only to later find out that all the chemo that they'd given her for rectal carcinoma, um, it wasn't going to respond to her type of cancer. And it was it was probably killing her insides as well. It did. That's yeah. what she said. Susan said the, the chemo killed her. Let me, let, me, let me ask something. Let me bring Simone in because she's patiently waiting there. And Simone, now when, we had, when we've had you on, you've talked about issues of weight. You were dealing with stuff like that. Um, how about cancers or sickness? What, it, what have you had uh, in dealing with that too. I'm sure there were some things dealing with weight, but you, you have the same approach that Kate does. Everything goes back to a creation based kind of medicine, if you will, which is just the kind of foods we're eating. You want to speak to that as far as what Kate's yeah, been talking absolutely. about? Absolutely. I'd love to. Well, I've actually brought a visual aid along with me. I saw so, you pouring something uh, earlier. Yeah. Yeah. So if this little, um, this is like a little boat and our bodies, when we, um, you know, we, we eat, we drink, so let's say you um, you pour in some uh, um, alcohol or you have some sugar or you um, eat a cake 
you know, you're adding all this stuff. And then if you have um, bright colored fruit and vegetables like uh, bell peppers and you eat some wonderful spinach, um, you are, it's like you're bailing out your boat. So you're taking some of this liquid out and your boat stays happily afloat. But let's say, unfortunately, that your spinach is not organic. That spinach that's not organic, unfortunately, has a side serving of pesticide on the spinach. Um, They use between four and five different pesticides in the growing season for um, non-organic green green leafy vegetables. And kale is another one that they use a lot of um, pesticide. And if you go online, um, the environmental group um, in the States has come up with something called the Dirty Dozen and the Clean 15. Go and have a look on if you if you uh, do a search on that and they will tell you which are the clean 15 of the 15 least contaminated with pesticide foods. And then the Dirty Dozen are the 12 most contaminated with pesticides. So if you are eating spinach which is organic then that is helping you bail out your boat so it's taking some of that liquid out but if you are eating spinach that is pesticide loaded and you're not bailing out enough then eventually your boat is going to sink because it is filled with toxins you've overloaded your um your ability to cope with all the um, toxins that you're bringing in. Now, how, how, what does that result in? What does that result? What do those toxins result in? Well, that's when your body, if you were uh, imagining a a tank, like a fish bowl, if you overfeed the fish or you don't clean out the fish tank and you don't have any, either a, a, a bubbling aerator in the tank or plants in the tank to provide oxygen, that fish will die. And our bodies are just like those fish in a fishbowl. So if and we just, to add, just to add, Simone, about the yeah. talk about spinach. Hey, listen, girlfriend, I'm on water skis now at the back of my boat. Let me tell you. <laughs> but um, just to add with what Simone's saying, you know, about the spinach. Um, don't forget, all of your commercially grown food is only bro- grown in your potassium, phosphorus and nitrogen. It's completely nutrient deficient. So what that results in, Tim, is one, you're going to be nutrient deficient. And two, with what Simone's saying, which is a fantastic thing, what she's just done, I'm going to have to nick that one at my lectures, um, is you're going to be toxic. Your liver's going to be completely toxic. Now, the other thing as well is, um, is we've got to remember that very delicate balance of potassium and sodium. And we need the right intracellular amount of potassium. So if you're eating loads of loads and loads of uh, you know, processed foods, which have got salt added to them, mm. and it's not even salt. And also, if you're eating a very high animal protein diet, you're going to have to start getting rid of that amine portion. And you're going to be pushing out more and more potassium. And so that sodium is going to be going into the cell, displacing the potassium. <clears throat> so now you've got a waterlogged cell. So when you do have your natural fruits and vegetables coming in, and then your oxygen to generate adenosine triphosphate energy, you're not going to get that happening. You're going to get a cell that ferments. Yeah. So this, the potassium rich foods, which is why the Gerson therapy 
has you on the green juices, which is red cabbage, watercress, romaine lettuce, um, chicory, you call that endive, um, chard, uh, green bell peppers, an apple. And you, you only have eight ounce glasses every hour because any more than that, your body can't metabolize that. So you just get rid of it anyway. But this is where, you know, the tipping point. And it's it's about, I, I think I read somewhere, Simone, you might agree, there's about a 17, although, yes, babies are born with cancer. But it's like a 17-year tipping point. And when I got cancer, I went back 17 years, and I thought, what was happening to me 17 years ago? I had lymphoedema in my groin. I used to have night sweats. I used to get yeast infections all the time. So this is already telling you that you've got a tipping point. But, um, you know, this is why I always say we are what we eat. Today's food becomes tomorrow's cells and no amount of exercise is an offset for a poor diet. And the biggest cause of death in this country is heart disease, cancer and pharmaceutical drugs. There's no cure in a drug. But, um, you know, Simone, I I, I believe, is talking from a point of, of avoiding disease and she's yeah. absolutely well know, i think if we talking. can yeah i think well i think we can do that i mean the, the bible talks about us avoiding sin too right i mean it says you flee sexual immorality you you flee these other things you don't sit around and wait on it um so i think the th- same thing can be true as far as our health is concerned and again if people are saying okay how does this tie into the bible the constitution well i don't know that it ties into the constitution although our representatives are letting some things go uh, that are that are seriously dangerous to people and calling it food and putting it and allowing it out for consumption. And then the other part is um, the, the, the fact that the Bible has laid out for us, you know, again, I, I say this, you know, not to say, hey, you know, everybody has to go grow a garden, although probably we should, especially next yeah. week. We're going to mm-hmm. see the reasons why that. But the fact of the matter is, is that the people have i mean when you look in the scripture what you see is this culture that's built on gardening when you see the stories that Jesus tells a lot of it is based on some form of gardening growing wheat growing you know you got wheat and chaff you got to separate those things out so somebody's got to grow the grain uh, unless i had a, a kernel of wheat fall into the ground and die it it bears much, it doesn't bear much fruit unless it does that and so we have all these kind of parables that come alongside that and i think that that again this goes back to when god gave his law and he laid out what you eat what you don't eat and, and these kinds of things. And again, I'm not one to say don't eat meat or any of this stuff because those people who do that are false teachers. Paul said so in the New Testament. But the fact of the matter is God laid out what he would have people to eat, his people to eat. And he said, he said very clearly, what? I lay before you life and death today. Choose life. And I got to con- I mean, I'll confess, I've been trained to choose death. I mean, that's what I was grown up. You get the bag of potato chips. You get the box of whatever it looks like that comes in the thing. You get the cereal that's full of sugar. You get all these kinds of things. And there's a place where we have to to acknowledge that what we're being given is not necessarily food. It's something that sort of sustains us for a little while, but it's got long-term ramifications for you. I think that's what you're getting at. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And also, um, the, the diet for reversing disease once you're sick is very different to maintaining because you're already now on the back foot. Yeah. So you've got to, you've got to detox the liver 
and and you've also got to flood the body with nutrients. But you have a, a really tricky problem now because you have a damaged gut. So you've got to do it in such a way that you allow the gut to heal at the same time as flooding the body with nutrients. And you need to make sure that your foods are certain foods that are going to fuel you without taxing you. So for instance, if you're eating um, a lot of uh, animal protein, when you have cancer, let's say you have like me, a breast cancer or a cancer in your gut, in your bowel, or and you're eating loads and loads of meat, you require trypsin and chymotrypsin to break that down. Well, you also need that to break down tumor tissue. If you're eating a, a, lot, of, a lot of nuts and um, seeds, then first of all, you've got the enzyme on, unless you've prepared them, it's very difficult to digest, it taxes the gut, but also it takes a lot of energy to, to start to digest nuts. That's why when people eat loads of nuts, they bloat, they get gas, they're unpopular. Um, so, um, yeah, if you want to get unpopular. Of, yeah, if, you want to, if you're out on a date and you don't want to be with him, girls, get a bag of cash in down your neck, pop a lager, you'll be gone before two hours. That's hilarious. Um, but, um, so, you know, you, you've got to think about foods that are going to heal. And it's very specific, which is why, you know, I'm doing these lectures how to avoid, avoid and reverse disease naturally that everywhere keeps banning me from ticket sales and banning them, but I won't be, I won't be stopped. But, um, you know, it's a very different thing to try and do it. And everyone has got a damaged gut. And by, by eating, um, you know, if you've got, if you've got a cancer and you're going to be eating a really high or any really big disease, a high protein diet, high animal protein diet, you might get rid of your symptoms initially of, you know, when you eat carbs, you have a massive drop in blood sugar. You might get rid of them, you know, very quickly by just eating lots of meat and just a little bit of veg. But you're just not fixing the problem. You're treating the symptoms. You're not treating the underlying disease. So eventually those symptoms are going to return and much worse. And it's the same with hyperinsulinism, which is what we're hearing now, right? Simone, we're hearing everyone's got this yeah. hyperinsulin where you, you can't get the insulin into the cell for a start. So again, they, they switch to this eating very low carbs, loads of meat, keeping themselves in this acidic state with ketones. But the minute they eat just a little bit of greens of veg, they put on weight. But you don't, you can't, you can't keep this going and you're fine. And it's a huge strain on the kidneys because all that, all that, lichen, all that, that, that um, ammonia has got to be cleared out of the body and it's a massive strain on the kidneys. Yeah. And also Simone. Many of us, many of us are, are older people. Well, I'm older. Um, you're not Kate, but um, um, you know, we, we've got uh, problems. They used to put lead in the petrol, in, in the gasoline. Um, they put it in the lipsticks now. They put it in the lipsticks. Well, we've all got lead in our bones from the days when they used to put lead in the petrol. And as we get older, you start losing a bit of bone density, and that releases some of the lead from your bones. That's and fluoride, fluoride as well. And fluoride, and that is then getting into your bloodstream, and it's damaging your kidneys. And a lot of people start getting 
um, losing their kidney function. And it's because of the um, release of this lead into their bloodstream, which then um, damages kidney function. And so you're then going into a diet with high um, animal protein. You're literally giving your kidneys a horrendous time. So you need to prostate yeah, prostate. And the, the other thing with, with the milk, because they're now feeding all the cows um, with uh, grain cakes, they're not eating grass anymore. How often do you see a cow in a field eating grass in this country? It's very, very unusual. I now. see it in my area, and that and that's only because, you know, rural South Carolina here, we've got a lot of that. But I've seen the documentaries where they started feeding cows the corn. And they don't digest the corn. It's kind of, I guess, just something to fill their stomach or something, but they really don't digest it. So, yeah. Well, they end up with very high insulin. The cows end up with high insulin. Oh, wow. And then we're seeing, you know, that's then in the milk because, you know, these hormones get into the, um, the, the, the milk. And then we're feeding that milk to our children. And then we're getting type 1 diabetes. Type 1 diabetes. And this studies came out of, I think it was Australia or New Zealand, with Samoan children given this milk, A1 milk, the devil's in the milk, and they all started developing type 1 diabetes. I'm telling you, we're digging our grave with our knife and fork. And our cup. Yeah, yeah, and I do see that. I do see that that's coming. And it wouldn't surprise me now, after going through what we went through yesterday, after hearing Dr. Brian Artis on this, to find out that the Vatican's behind that, too. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me at all that they have a hand in that. But again, you know, we're making an appeal here uh, if Putin really does have cancer or whatever. But it isn't just for him. I kind of put that up Call sort of tongue-in-cheek. Call me. Yeah. Call me. <laughs> yeah. Send Kate an email. Kate Shimroni at gmail.com. Um, send- I, I can be bought with rubles. <laughs> but it's not just in rubles yeah it's not just a it's not just a point for president putin it this is for you know any of us who are facing these things we got two ladies on here kate is dealing with kate deals with all not only the preventative but also the thing to reverse it if you have it and simone's mm-hmm. talking about hey isn't, you know, as Bradley says, isn't an uh, ounce of prevention better than a pound of cure, cure of kind of cure. deal? And so that's kind of, I think that's the, the issue that you come from, even though I think, Kate, the things that you're giving uh, are preventative. You're, you're just coming from having been there and saying you can keep this from happening to you if you'll yeah. just pay attention to what you're eating. And as I said, a lot of us don't even, th- you know, I eat like once a day, maybe twice it's it's probably bad for me, um, and then it's what I'm eating. And now my wife is really good to look out for us as to what you know she serves us. The majority of the time, I will say, occasionally there's a splurge or something, but usually it's the majority of the time. It's good things that we ought to eat, even if we think, mm, I don't know, I'd rather have this over here. Uh, she provides those things because she cares about us, and so she she puts them in front of us. And you know what? I told the kids, I said, you don't want to eat? Guess what? That stuff will be sitting here tomorrow, and you'll be hungry. That's the way I used to do it. My parents used to make me sit at the table until I was literally bawling sick to my stomach because I didn't want to eat nothing. Now that I'm older, and this has been going on for 20 or 30 years now, now that I'm older, it's like when I'm hungry, I don't care what you're sticking. You could stick something that somebody would say is completely nasty in front of me. I might eat it. I might actually try it. Uh, but but I'll eat vegetables that I would never eat before as a kid, and uh, and I think that was 
acting. Huh? You know when you say about it's interesting you say that. Uh, years and years ago, I went for hypnotherapy to get me off chocolate, and before I had cancer. And he said, "I want you to imagine something you don't like. You wouldn't like to eat. I couldn't imagine a single food I wouldn't eat. I'd eat everything, everything." Even even then, milk, you know, I don't want to eat meat, but it wasn't even repulsive. The only thing I could think of that I wouldn't eat was snot. So I, he had me imagining snot because there was no food. If You know, if there's any food out there that's fresh, my lips are I'm, I'm, I'm chomping. So, uh, you know, I, I kind of will try anything. But, um, you know, you know what I think is kind of happening now? It, it's the, the alternative and, and the whole diet industry is worth a lot of money. And so it's worth a lot of money. Supplements, 90% of supplements are synthetic. I have, a, I, have I think, five or six prostate cancer patients on my book. I haven't lost one of them. Um, even the um, fitness industry, you know, you, you look at these guys that are, well, we see them all now, don't we? Pumping iron to get big, big muscles. And they're eating these really high protein foods. And actually, I think your muscles can, uh, I might be wrong here. Please correct me, Simone. I think your muscles can... Um, hold about four to six kilograms of protein, but it's it's the working out that makes your muscles bigger so they can hold more carbohydrate. It's the carbs that are stored in the muscles. And uh, so they're eating these protein, really high protein. Then they're having all this whey protein. They're still not building enough. So that's when they start injecting the anabolic steroids. Yeah. Because yeah. Uh, you don't have that building. And so it's like everything's got, kind of like like a clock everything's kind of like one of the cats was vomiting over there sorry i was distracted it'd be fat dave um, one of the clock faces like you've got this diet this follow this this high keto keto diet uh plant-based diet this pest, and, and but actually our bodies are all joined just like you have an endocrinologist a cardiologist a neurologist why not just have a sensibleologist because everything's joined together and if we if we eat what's natural and we grow it ourselves, my greenhouses are right. Uh, I've just got to put it together. That's going to be interesting. Um, you know, if we eat what's natural and we know how we've grown it and we know the sweat of our brow that it took to grow it, we're not going to waste it. And it's the same as I was talking to you yesterday, Tim, about I'm getting myself an axe with a, a, a strap. And my rucksack, because when I go out, I'm starting to collect wood from our wood burner. Katrina and I are building an outside oven. <laughs> nice. With some ready-made cement. Um, but, you know, I know it all sounds funny, but I'm not doing this thinking, oh, hobby. I'm thinking food is getting so expensive. Yep. Yep. I don't and scarce. I don't know where it's coming from. I don't want to be stuck eating food that's... You see, I, coming I from Bill Gates lab, right? Let's let's just put it yeah, where it is. We don't want and that is where they're going. That is where they're going with this stuff. They're, they're, they're this is why they they don't want a riot yep. in case you storm the White House and Parliament and everywhere else because you're starving. You know, like Antoinette, let them eat cake off with their heads. They're going to take you to that point of hunger where you're on your knees and you're begging. And then they go, right, there you go. There's what you can eat. Yep. So uh, Simone, let me ask you, um, with regard to this, uh, you know, Kate has a lot of knowledge. She's um, been one who has uh, obviously went through the, the Rockefeller kind of thing, and then she's kind of come out of that, and she's got a lot of knowledge on both sides of the fence there. 
for you, you didn't have that kind of experience. You're just, I don't want to say an average Joe. You might be an average Simone. Uh, I am so not. No, I had, I had an experience of being hugely overweight in my younger years. Um, in my thirties. She's tiny now. She's like a Polly pocket doll. She's tiny. I could carry her hand. Yeah. You're very sweet. Um, no, so I was very, very overweight and I looked, I looked older in my thirties than I do now in my sixties. And my body was not in a good, good place. I was suffering with backache and knee pain and high blood pressure and borderline diabetes and uh, through diet and lifestyle and um, really managing what was going into my body. I don't eat sugar. I don't drink alcohol. I drink plenty of water every day. And I eat loads and loads of vegetables and modest amounts of fruit. And um, I, I eat a very low carbohydrate, high fat diet. And I'm, I'm in great shape. Um, lots of energy, never get sick. Um, so yeah, I have my dice with death. I, my doctor was wanting to put me on high blood pressure medication. And I just thought I really don't want to go there because I know that these, all these drugs have side effects. I really didn't want to be, uh, on, on medication for the rest of my life. And I was, you know, I was in really poor shape. I was, you know, lying awake at night with back pain because, um, you know, when you're carrying too much extra weight around, your center of gravity shifts and you end up stooping all the time because you're sort of leaning forward because you've got your center of gravity moves from down through the center of your spine to much further forward. So the, the ergonomics of how you walk, you are literally straining your, your low back and that causes a lot of back pain. So this is something people don't talk about. Um, being overweight causes back pain. Um, the, 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 you know, it's literally the, the, first law of, of, of you know it's it's newton's laws of mechanics it's it's You're not a, being fascist are you simone no i'm not being <laughs> believe me i having lived for so much of my life being very overweight i know what that the horrors of that are like you know getting the rash between your legs because the the upper thighs are rubbing together and getting a rash under your belly where you know you've got folds of skin um, a touching, and when it's hot, it's really miserable. Yeah, Simone, so Simone, can you can you hang on? I want to give you a chance to talk. Hang on with us uh, after the show here. Uh, I want to give you about ten seconds though to tell what your site is because I didn't pull it up. Can you tell people where they can find out your site? longevityworks.com longevityworks.com okay all right we're gonna if you guys want to catch the rest of this we're gonna hold the ladies over just for just a couple of minutes here and uh, let simone finish up her thoughts and close out the show but uh if you want to find this dlive.tv at the sons of liberty before it's news.com rumble sons of liberty radio live and sons of liberty media.com is where you can catch us be sure to catch bradley there as well uh 3 p.m today for two hours and have a great weekend lord's day and we'll see you at 6 a.m bright and early Lord willing, see ya. All right, I want to welcome everybody coming over from Red State Talk Radio. And I didn't mean to interrupt you, but because we're up against the, the music they're playing and stuff, I wanted to get that out of the way. So, Simone, let me let you continue your thought there as to what you're doing, because it sounds like to me you were probably on your way to getting some form of cancer or something from what you're yeah. talking about. And yeah. what is the, what, I guess, what is the tripping point that that causes you to say, okay, I've really got to change something? Is that the doctor saying, I'm going to put you on medication, and you're thinking, uh, if I take this one, then I'm going to end up having to take another one, and pretty soon I'm going to be on 30 of them? Or whatever. What is the thing that, that 
tripped in your mind to say, I've got to do something different than what I'm doing to prevent what's coming to me? Okay, so I'm uh, nearly 64 now. I'm 63. My um, grandmother was uh, had died of a heart attack at that age. Uh, my mother sadly passed away um, at 66 from a heart attack. Um, there is a heart disease in my family. I knew that my days were numbered if I did not get my health sorted out. So, um, you know, and I realized that a lot of the, the way I was eating was actually because I, um, you know, like an alcoholic is addicted to alcohol. There were certain foods that were behaving like a drug in my body. Um, unfortunately, they tend to be the foods that are our favorite foods, that the very thought of having to give them up is just so hard. But it's not that our body needs them. Well, our body does need them, but it needs them because they are an addictive substance in our bodies. And this is the thing that is so utterly tragic, is that so many people struggle with their weight and think that there's something wrong with them. They've got no willpower. They've got no um, self-respect. They don't care. No, actually, certain foods act like crack cocaine in their bodies. And um, you go and see your doctor and ask about this. They have no idea what I'm talking about here. But um, this is a huge problem for many of us. And the food industry have got really clever about this. They have um, teams of scientists making the food taste absolutely delicious. They have, um, and these scientists, um, that, that there is a, a way that food, they have a, something they call it the bliss point, a mixture of sugar and fat or salt and fat that makes food absolutely desirable. But if they can make that food absolutely empty of nutrition, as well as being absolutely delicious, then you can't get enough of it. You just keep eating more and more. Your body is never satisfied, but you keep eating more and more of it. And that is great for the bottom line, for the food manufacturers, and absolutely rotten for your own bottom line. Amen. Which will just get bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah, I can see it. You know, when we had, I did an interview um, with Jim White when, when I was doing that with him at uh, Northwest Liberty News, and we had Mike Adams on, and we were talking about MSG and how it was used as a flavoring, like in Big Macs. And all. You eat, you eat this stuff that has MSG, and it has this flavor. Baby. And it's in cigarettes. Yeah, it's it's and in all this stuff. It's in everything. Yeah. Well, what I was thinking of was what Scripture says, and that's this. This is, comes from Philippians chapter three, and again, for you know, I pick on Southern Baptists a little bit. I you know, I love my Southern Baptist brothers and stuff, but honestly, when have you heard one of those three or four hundred pound Southern Baptist pastors preach on gluttony? When have you ever heard that? Well, they preach on everything else but that. But the Bible says this. Uh, Philippians chapter 3, verse 18, it says, or excuse me, 18, yeah. For many walk of whom I have told you often and now tell you even weeping, they're enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, and he puts this in, whose God is their belly, and we've seen that in the Old Testament too, and whose glory is in their shame, who mind earthly things. And boy, I think about what they've done now. You know, I'm not one for Sports Illustrated swimsuit edition, stuff like that. When I was younger, definitely, I had those all the time. But um, now they're taking the the obesity, whether it's a male or female, and they're trying to make it norm, beautiful, all this kind of stuff. And 
it, it, it goes back to this issue of our lusts, our desires, and I think that's what we're talking about. Even when we eat, when Paul said, whether you eat or drink, you do all to the glory of God, I don't think many people think about the mundane things of eating and drinking, how we glorify God in eating and drinking. It sounds like, oh, you're just nitpicking at this, that, or the other. But there's a way that we glorify God in our eating and drinking, uh, just like what you were saying at the first, in what comes out of our mouth, or what actions we partake in, or what things we see, or what things we do. All of those things are a part of it. And, you know, Paul says, boy, if you've got this this sin of gluttony, that where your your stomach, because the reality is, and I learned this a while back from a guy I used to work with who used to do a lot of fasting, a long fasting and stuff. And one of the things he said is, your belly doesn't care what you've put into it. It'll get full, and you'll be satisfied with that. It's this right here. It's this thing. It wants to taste something different. It wants a different texture. It wants whatever the thing is. And Simone, I think you're exactly right when you're saying they have learned us and they figured they can make boatloads of money at less cost to them, less nutrition to us, make us sicker, get us off the planet faster so that they can continue to push out whatever they're going to push out uh, in their agenda that they're doing. I think that's exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, unfortunately it is. And uh, unfortunately, the other thing that happens is if um, we are releasing a lot of insulin to tuck the uh, carbohydrate or the sugar into our our body, into our liver and into our muscle, um, then unfortunately, insulin isn't just um, a... uh, um, It it, it is a substance that has a a double whammy. It um, puts the sugar away in the places where we need to store but it also acts as an appetite increaser. It increases appetite. It makes us hungry. And I think as an evolutionary thing, the reason that happened is that in the summer when there were berries and there were, um, you know, high calorie sweet things around, we needed to load up so that we had enough body fat to get us through the winter when we were going to be starving. And so um, evolutionarily, we are designed when there is sweet food around to eat more and more of it and override our normal feeling of satiety, normal feeling of fullness to take on more than we need so that we are then putting down body fat for the winter. But, you know, there's food in the supermarket all through the year. We don't need to be putting away body fat for the winter. On the contrary, we um, end up having to go on, you know, diets uh, so that we can fit into our swimwear and our summer clothes every year because we have put too much away over Thanksgiving and Christmas and all the festivities um, during the, the, the winter holidays. So we, we end up in terrible trouble. And this, of course, as we know, has been, uh, you know, people who do worse uh, with the viruses that have been around recently have been people who are overweight so um, those have had a much worse outcome um, with their health um, because their their bodies are not as healthy and as resilient. So big trouble. Yeah, you know, you know, I don't, I don't know that I buy into so much the evolutionary thing, but I do get this. I remember as a young man, I had, you know, believe it or not, I actually went to the gym. Then I tried to put on weight. I was like. The buck sixty or something. I I could never put on weight. I never could put on weight. I I even went the route of doing 
some steroids for a short time, I could never put on weight. But the guys, you know, you go to the summer, you go to the summer months, everybody's got their, their shirt off at the beach and you're, you know, you're fit and everything else. And you go into the winter and you start seeing everybody wearing those big sweaters and they just bloat out. That's when they really start, you know, digging in and putting on the stuff. They're putting it on there in the winter. And then, you know, come springtime, they're starting to work it out and, uh, and shape, shape their bodies again or whatever the case may be. But, yeah, I mean, I, I, I see those things. I've experienced those things before as to what happens. Now, let's, let's, say, that, um, let's say that the uh, President Putin was listening in right now, and he's already heard what you had to say. And he really does have cancer. Let's just say he really does. I, who knows what we're told? I mean, this could be uh, a play on the NATO forces that think he's weak and this, that, and the other, whatever. Um, but let's say he has it. What would be the one things that each of you ladies would tell him, look, there's a couple of things I would suggest to you, and these will be good. And this would be not only for President Putin, it would be for anybody who's hearing uh, who, might have, who might have some cancer. What would be maybe the top three things that each of you ladies can give? And Simone, I want to start with you, and Kate, I'm going to let you finish. What would be the top three things you would tell him to say, either to reverse it or to prevent it from going further or any of those kinds of things? What would be the top three things you would say to him? Make sure that he's uh, not taking on lots of pesticide in his diet. Uh, filtered water that's that's cleansed of, of any toxic residues. There's an awful lot of nasties in our drinking water that needs to be uh, removed um, and alkalizing his body as much as possible. So lots and lots of magnesium, dark green leafy vegetables. Best way to get lots and lots of that into your body is juicing, but I'm sure Kate's going to be talking about that. But just flooding your body with um, uh, uh, alkaline foods so that your body chemistry becomes as alkaline as possible. Those would be my three top tips. Okay, thank you. Kate? Uh, well, as cancer is a metabolic disorder, we've got to look at the, the metabolic, which is our, our thyroid. And Dr. Gerson discovered at autopsy that all his cancer patients were deficient in iodine. The top, uh, the top uh, uh, cause of disease in the human body is lack of iodine. So the first thing I would say is, He's got to remove his toxicity. So he's got to detox and remove any more burden on the liver. And he's got to flood his body with nutrients. And he needs to support the thyroid gland. And that's where we bring in, uh, we take in the Gerson therapy, iodine, following the Gerson therapy protocol. Uh, Lugol's uh, 2% iodine, plus you take uh, natural thyroid. Um, I thought I'd got it in here. I was going to, oh, here it is. Um, and also, you know, obviously you want to get a foundation, you want to get some blood surround, hematology and biochemistry with all your tumor markers as well, uh, liver function, thyroid function, kidney function. And assuming that the thyroid is down and you don't have enough of your enzymes to break down these wonderful foods that Simone's talking about and juices and that your stomach acid, because if the thyroid isn't functioning properly, you're not going to have enough stomach acid which means you're not going to extract your nutrients, which means you're going to get a whole dysbiosis with your microbiome in your gut, all your homeostasis goes. So you're going to want to be taking, when you eat your food, you're going to be taking your acidol. If you've obviously got um, uh, ulceration in your esophagus, your food pipe, 
then you wouldn't. But you're too acidol just before your meals and take some enzymes, some enzymes, some um, Impzyme Forte and some pancreatic enzymes to help you digest your food because you don't want to be, um, they're the ones you're going to rely on as well from your pancreas to die. That's why diabetics are much more likely to get cancer because their pancreas isn't working properly. And you rely on those enzymes to dissolve that coating on those cells, those cancer cells, so your immune cells can kill it. Um, and also a, a lot of um, a lot of uh, cancer patients are deficient in vitamin D3, but you've got to be very careful. You don't want to over treat that because you can make a tumor grow. A lot of cancer patients are deficient in iron. And so to give a patient an iron supplement when they've already got cancer, it's going to make the tumor grow. So you've got to think about how am I going to get my iron count up um, without taking iron supplements? And you can think about dried apricots, um, blackstrap molasses. And also when you treat, remember, your iron count going down is often caused by inflammation. And inflammation is the precursor to cancer. So treat the disease and the symptoms will go away on their own and so will everything else. So, so that's detoxing, take the burden off the liver. That's my number one thing. Get rid of all your toxins in your household. It should be natural. As Simone said, flood your body with nutrients. That would be um, get as much um, juices into you, organic, and eat a natural diet. That's what you've got to do. Eat a natural, clean diet, nutrient-dense diet, organic. You'd go a long way, even if you couldn't afford any supplements, even if you decided to follow your, and you've got an onc, um, follow an oncologist or follow what you're being told. And we've got the 1939 Cancer Act in this country. You can't say cure, you go straight to prison. Um, but even if you decided to go the allopathic route, which is actually the quack route, you would go a long way to maximizing your disease-free survival by changing your diet and detoxing. Incidentally, if you've done chemotherapy or you're doing chemotherapy, you've got to have quite a substantial amount of time before you do coffee enemas because it could kill you because you're going to release all those toxins from your liver all at once. So please don't do that without a practitioner. Kate, well, since you mentioned that, and I don't want to get into the poop conversation, but uh, on the on the issue of the coffee enemas, what is that designed to actually do? Now, I know you made mention that it there's some kind of nerve that runs up your back or something that it can help with pain, but but you're using it to eliminate toxins. What is it doing? Is it acting like some kind of something that grabs those and, and pulls them out? What, what's happening there? Well, it's, it's certainly not to clear the bowel out. That's not what it's there for. So if you're doing it thinking it's, you know, for that, it's not. It's not an appearing. It does. It's secondary that it does that. What it does is the glutathione is absorbed into the hemorrhagic hemorrhoidal vein. And then what happens is it, it means that your liver... And your gallbladder, you'll often feel your gallbladder kind of pop. It releases all the bile, all the bile ducts open. So the bile where the toxins are in, open up into your, your bowel, and then you hold it for 15 minutes and you release. And it is the best way. There's nothing, nothing out there that will beat it, a coffee enema for detoxing the liver. There, um, there are situations where you can't do them. Obviously, if you've got um, an ileostomy, you've got to have a, a bowel to do it. So there are situations if you had an ulcerated bowel, um, that, but there are variations on doing it with chamomile. And just to let you know, folks, um, you know, for people that are doing Gerson that can't actually swallow the juices because they're going through a really toxic stage and they're vomiting, 
you can actually, with the exception of the orange juice, and you don't put the potassium compound, you can actually do the juices rectally and you just don't release them. And there's a certain amount of them will be absorbed. Because remember when you, you first pass metabolism, sure this is right, Simone, when you, when you eat something, it goes into your stomach where it's mixed with pancreatic, sorry, mixed with the, the juices in the stomach and it starts to break down. Then it goes into your, your, your gut, your small intestine. And this is where all the absorption of the, the vitamins and minerals take place. By the time it gets, that's in your ileum, by the time it gets into your colon, which is your ascending colon that comes up your right side, your transverse goes across, your descending goes down your left into the rectum and out. That's one big pipe from your mouth to your rear end is a great big pipe. And by the time it gets to your large bowel, your large intestinal colon, that's just for absorbing water so that by the time, you know, you start off with this peristalsis of this food and waste going along, by the time it gets to your rear end, it's a turd. It's, you know, and incidentally, as Simone will tell you, even looking at someone's, (laughs) what should be a nice conker colored, tapered off nice log, um, you know, you're not allowed to talk about poo. Children talk about poo and they have a great time. I think it's hilarious. But actually what your log looks like tells a lot about your gut, your gallbladder, the state of your entire digestive tract. If you're passing out slimy turds, you've got a real problem. If you're passing out very pale ones, you're often anemic. You're not producing enough bile. It's the bile that makes your your, you know, your conquer brown color. If you're um, turds that float, um, if, if you do a load of rabbit droppings, it means, you know, you've got a problem with your liver as well. And um, it, it's interesting when I was doing my nurse training, you'd have the, and, and I know Victoria K. Marks watches, she'll vouch me on this. Elderly patients, they almost become obsessed with their bowels. I've not had my bowels open today, nurse. I've not had my bowels open. And on their charts, on the end of their bed, it'll have their temperature, their pulse, their respirations, and have they had their bowels open today. And of course, if you don't have your bowels open, you get toxic because this is the byproduct of metabolism. And that's why when you're constipated, you start to feel headachey, sick. You'll get that horrible smell off your, your breath if your gut's not working properly, but if you're constipated and you know, eventually, you know, you can get, and then the, the longer it sits there, more and more fluids getting absorbed from it. So it gets harder and harder. But constipation is because of the liver. Mm, yeah. Because isn't, you're not getting the, you're not getting the bowel there to break that stuff down. I get that. And, and Bethany, Bethany, sorry. She says gross yeah. to him. You had to bring it up. Now I was just, I was very curious as to what it actually is doing in that. Detoxing uh, the liver. Detoxing the liver. Okay, so that make, that makes sense to me. And, and and your blood in your entire circulation goes to your liver every three minutes. So you hold that enema for 12 to 15 minutes. And Dr. Gerson said that it would take him about 18 months to kill the body, bring the body back to a point where it could stimulate its own immune response. Because you, there's lots of things that will kill a tumor. B17 will do it. High dose vitamin C mistletoe, bicarbs. THC. Yeah, THC. All these things will kill a tumor, but they won't restore our immunity back to vitality where it can stimulate an immune response and cause apoptosis, cell death, or repair of DNA in cells where the DNA is damaged and you want it to be repaired 
or killed before it divides and becomes a mutation, keeps on dividing palpable detectable tumor. So it detoxes the entire body. But now, Dr. Gerson did say that he expected the patient of the future to be so toxic that it would take a lot longer. And most of those in the natural uh, uh, industry, if you want to call it that, they'll utilize several therapies, not just one. So for me, I did Gerson, high-dose vitamin C, B17, and I did mistletoe injections into my abdomen for a year. The others I did for two years. Actually, you know, I was still doing nine juices a day for ooh, seven years. So um, I'm back at the moment. I'm doing eight juices today. So, um, you know, this is a, an ongoing thing that even now I have days where I know it's toxicity. I get this dull headache. I get uh, a nasal drip from my left nostril mainly. I'll get white, you know, clear mucus coming out. All my joints start to hurt. I feel a bit shaky, shivery, and I feel wretched just for a day. And I know, I know what that is. It's being totally toxic. And coffee enemas make you feel incredible. They, they just, everyone I know that said, I'm not going to do them. I'm not going to do them. I'm not putting anything up my ass. It's for exit purposes only. As soon as they do one, they're doing them a decade later. They're still yeah. doing them. Yeah. All right. And let, let's, let's close out the show. Uh, Kate, I'm going to give you just a couple of minutes, final words on this. And then Simone, if you will, uh, close us out. Um, I am appearing in Blackpool on the 29th of April at the Brune Working Man's Club, 6.30 till 10.30. I am in Swansea on the 15th of April, uh, 6.30 till 10.30 in questions and answers. And I am doing avoid and reverse disease naturally. You're going to absolutely love it. You'll feel totally empowered. And I'll be bringing all my worst jokes like I normally do. Uh, I am planning other venues <laughs> up and down the country, but I need to get my website up and running first so that rotters can't stop my um, ticket sales. But really, folks, do come. I mean, where else can you go for 20 quid and be amongst mates uh, and people that are like-minded? I mean, you pay more than that to go out for pizza. You have to pay over 100 quid to go and see these, like Beyonce sing, over 100 pounds. You can come and see me for twenty quid. I mean, how cheap is that? I'm a cheap chick. You'll you'll even you'll even do a little song and dance for them too. You want you? I'll bet. I, I, yeah, I can do a few. I can do the Polish Kowiak. I could do the Italian Tarantella. <laughs> I can show you off your ballet moves that you have. Oh yeah, my, my flamenco <laughs> and my belly dancing uh, all badly. Uh, but um, you know what? It's it's going to be a good evening. They're always good evenings. I used to do these pre-convids and. There are always loads of info and I'm packing it in and I'm even now trying to put together a, a PowerPoint. Um, Lee's meant to be helping me. And Katrina, who, who touch types much quicker than Simone taught me to, um, she's going to type it up. But I'm trying to get as much of a taster for everything in there. It's going to empower you enough that you're going to want to buy my book. <laughs> Simone? I just, uh, I... I think Kate is a, a wonderful speaker and I'd really urge people to go along if they're, they're in the right city or they're, they're within reasonable striking distance of those venues. Um, she's really inspiring and, and well worth listening to. So I'd urge you all to get along there if you can. Thank all right. you. All right. I'll pay you later. 
<laughs> well, we have uh, Tony. He says he he loves cheap tricks, uh, chicks with a twisted sense of humor. So maybe Tony will come out and see what you what you're doing out there uh, at those those venues. And by the way, they they are trying to shut Kate down. What did you have? You not only had Eventbrite, you had another one the other day that they were trying to shut you down from too, right? Yeah, I've had two of my events cancelled completely, both venues. I couldn't go there. So the other three venues, one I'm just doing a couple of hours for some military people. Um, they've all had emails saying this is a big conspiracy theory. So many talking about diet. Um, so uh, Eventbrite, and I've now written to the CEO about it. They cancelled my tickets and refunded them. And then Ticketmaster have just done the same. So I'm setting up a website to use something else, but we're just doing it a different way for now. And um, the reason we don't say pay on the door, although can, people can on the night, whatever's left, come and pay on the door, take your chances. But we're at Cinema & Co in Wales, which is supporting Cinema & Co because she stood up against the con bid and was taken to court and had to pay a lot of money. That's only got 60 seats and they're selling fast. The Working Man's Club in um uh, Blackpool has got 300 seats. And, you know, we want it filled because I, I, I'll be doing a full hour, an hour and a half, and it always goes longer. Questions and answers, and you learn so much from everyone else. And I'm sure there'll be some trolls there as well, but you'll not catch me on the back foot. You never do. But, uh, yeah, they've tried to shut it down. But these things, you know, Jesus tells us to turn it around. We're, you know, when you think about it, do, why do I want to be using their platforms anyway? It just gives me that kick to get on and do my own. We're supposed to turn it around. Just before we finish here, I've just got to say this. I was thinking about, because my greenhouse is here and getting all my growing stuff out now, and I had all my garden blitz yesterday. And I was thinking, you know, I really need to get these chickens, a couple of chickens, a couple of ducks. I mean, I don't eat eggs, but I was thinking, you know, when it all goes, they're slaughtering all the chickens up and down the UK. And I was thinking, yeah, I could sell the chickens to my neighbors if they're all still alive. And then I thought, well, what if it's digital currency? And I thought, I'll sell them for diesel. I thought, that's what to do. I mean, how funny that that popped into my head. But this is the way it might go, that I don't want to go into their digital. Maybe I'll sell, sell some food and I'll go, no, you know, a tray of eggs is a couple of liters of diesel. You know, this is how people used to barter. Yep, it sure is. That yeah, and uh, a lot of that was a demonstration that they had they had done work. I mean, the paper money that we have now is debt. There's no doubt, but it's sort of a it's symbol probably. of the fact that you put in time, and this is what you hold in your hand. That those pieces of paper, that's a part of your life. I mean, I want people to consider what they're what they're spending it for you know when i look at it yeah i've got to have it to pay bills and so i look at basically my family i've got to, i'm looking at them i'm providing for them that's what i'm spending my life on in doing that but you're exactly right there's some bartering going on. we're going to be talking probably about bartering and other means of trade uh, next week during our prepping series. And David's already writing me. We're going to test with David uh, to make sure the Internet's strong for video and everything else uh, for next week. So don't miss that. We'll start it on Monday. And I think we're going to talk about the mindset first for facing. I don't even like using the term apocalypse, you know, apocalypse, the unveiling, um, which is which is what Revelation is, what the book of Revelation is, the the unveiling. And uh, but but we're going to use it because that's what people are accustomed to. But we're going to start talking about the mindset first of what we got to be in. Then we're going to take some practical things, gardening, canning, tactical, uh, medical care, and things of this nature, 
the use of firearms, other uh, just a ton of stuff. I mean, there's about 20 different things we're going to be talking about. We're going to try to cram them in the week. If we have to go over, we'll probably pitch it over past uh, when Johnny's on with us the following week, Lord willing. In any case, thank you, ladies, for being with us, giving us of your time and your knowledge and experience. We appreciate it, as always. Catch Bradley at 3 p.m. He's going to be on for two hours today. Uh, SonsofLibertyMedia.com. Have a great weekend, Lord's Day. And don't forget, you can't get with the people of God. Read the Word of God. It is powerful. I mean, it really is. We need to put that into our lives, not just on the Lord's Day, but every day. Because man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. You guys have a great weekend, and we'll see you on Monday, Lord willing.